Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Mindy Moore. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio, Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Acri and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of need his name up in lights he just wants to be heard whether it's the beat of the mic he feels so unlike everybody else alone in spite of the fact that some people still think that they know but no he knows the code it's not about the salary it's all about reality and making some noise making a story making sure his click stays up that means when he puts it down toxic picking it up let's go Anyway, he never really talks much Never concerned with status But still even in starstruck Humble through opportunities Given despite the fact That many misjudge him Cause he makes a living From writing rats Put it together himself Got a picture connect Never asking for someone's help But to get some respect He's only focused on what he wrote His will is beyond reach And now it all unfolds Skill of an artist 20% skill 80% fear Be 100% clear Cause Ryu was ill Who would've thought He'd be the one That set the West in flames and I heard him wreck it with the crystal method name of the game. Came back, dropped negative. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Riley deals. It's grounded up the middle, could be two. Bounced off the second baseman, Austin, into the outfield. One run scores. Wagner coming in. He beats the throw. Another error. The second of the inning by the infield for Vanderbilt. The Razorbacks have been gifted two runs in the first inning. It's the 1-2 pitch. Hit in the air to deep right field. That ball's going to travel a long way. Out of here. Over the seats in right field. Brady Slavens hits his 40th career home run. And it's the first hit of the first inning. Riley is set. The pitch to Cali is hit up the middle. Into center. Base hit Cali. He drives Josenberger home. Digs to third. Puts on the brakes. He'll set and deal. Ground ball up the middle. Holt's got a lot of ground to get to it. Slides. Now throws for the out at first base. Scooped by Slavens. They got him. And Peyton Holt has made two spectacular plays today. This one up the middle going far to his right, backhanding and throwing a ground ball from his knees, letting Brady Slavens take care of the rest. The set, the kick, and the pitch. He struck him out swinging on a check swing. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, Parker Nolan. Arm and Will McIntyre strikes out the side in the eighth inning, leaving two runners in scoring position. He did a great job. I mean... Offensively, three hits, scored a run, saved a couple runs with his glove, and you know, I don't know, he just had a great game. It's nice having somebody down there in the in the bottom third of the order, starting rallies and also driving in runs. All right, welcome in on a fantastic Friday, and we get to recap a Razorback dominating victory over Vanderbilt. We will talk about the Western Conference Finals. We got softball tournaments getting underway today. High school championships continuing up in Conway. Pretty darn good start to the weekend here, folks. Pigskin Preacher's in. Wes will be along in a bit. He's taking care of some uh, stuff with his family this morning. And Kristen's trying to get us live on the old video stream. So, welcome in. That was fun one last night. And Pigskin, we were talking before the show. We were all able to flip over to the Western Conference Finals a little bit earlier than expected because the baseball game was well in hand. Beat down. Arkansas scored four runs on one hit. In the opening frame, uh, Slavin's home run, the highlight from that inning, and then they cruised a victory. Got a couple of very good pitching performances from Hagen Smith and no Gage Wood last night, saving him for a more maybe nerve-wracking situation. But they stick in Will McIntyre, and he was phenomenal. Four innings, one hit, no runs, no Mm. walks. So good work for him as he only had to throw 53 pitches to get through four innings, and Arkansas wins at 8-2 to take the opening game, and now they're a win away from clinching the SEC title. That'd be nice to do that at 
right in front of all the Vandy boys fans. I would. I would like that. Vanderbilt did not look um, interested to uh-huh. be there last night, and once they got beat up in the first inning, they looked like there was no chance they were going to have a chance to come back. They looked completely out of sorts. Mm-hmm. They were making errors. And meanwhile, you're watching Arkansas make these tough plays. I mean, hold is just that, – that's the thing we've talked about all year with Arkansas. Yes, their fielding percentage is good, but they make the plays that if they didn't make would go down as, as hits, not errors. But they're getting guys out on those plays. It is, is remarkable. Hold had two of them last night. And uh, the one was really funny, and I'm sure John will play it. He put it on his social media last night. But uh, we have it too? Okay. Uh, Dave Van Horn talking about, um, ha- talking about it while he was actually on live with the guys. And um, I don't know where that is, but anyway, we'll play it in a bit. So, anyway, it was pretty funny, but he was talking live on the air, and then uh, Holt made that great diving uh, stop at <laughs> second base and turned around and made the throw to first. So he was phenomenal. And it's crazy. You lose Stovall this week, and it was uh, you hate it more for him than anybody, just like we've talked about with all the injuries. But Arkansas's fine, and Peyton Holt has looking, been... They're looking steady. They've been really, really steady all season. They've been great. Good in everything. You know, somebody needs to have an intervention with the Vanderbilt people and say, get rid of those all-black pinstripe uniforms. They're hideous. Horrible. Horrible. They're, they're a besmirchment on the world of sports. Tavian Josenberg are back and running well in the outfield, running well on the bases. Arkansas was very aggressive last night, and I don't know what they ended up with on steals. Let's see, Josenberg had one, Holt had one. I guess they only had two, but uh, I like the aggression in, in the positions that they ran in. Josenberger, that's double-digit steals for him on the season now. Uh, Borfin took the collar last night, unfortunately, so he had a tough night. But a three-hit night for Holt, three out of four. Brady Slavens had that home run. He was two out of four with a couple of ribbies. And, again, the pitching performance is outstanding. And if that continues, look out. I assume that Arkansas will, again, go with Tiger tonight, presumably backed up by Gage Wood if the game is close. And we'll see how deep they let Tiger go in the game this evening. It's 7 o'clock, and again, on the SEC Network. No scrambling around for your uh, ESPN Plus account. No no mirroring necessary. And then the final game is on SEC Plus on Saturday. But uh, we also got softball going on, UCA playing over. In Tuscaloosa, 3.30 today, and then the Arkansas women at 6.30. Interestingly, speaking of television coverage, the early game with Notre Dame and whoever Notre Dame's playing, Oregon, is at, uh, what do we say, 4.30 or 4? 4 o'clock. And it's on ESPN2. The Arkansas game against Harvard is at 6.30. It's on ESPN+. So the early game gets better TV spot, but it's Why okay. would you get better uh, TV coverage to the lower seed? Because you're up against, I'm sure, in that prime slot, the uh, better teams uh, in the country are playing in the later yeah. later part of the day. Uh, one other baseball piece here, and then we'll flip over to the NBA here. Uh, Little Rock lost to Moorhead State yesterday. Now Little Rock is a half game back in the conference race for the top seed. So Moorhead State goes to 15-7. and seven. Little Rock's at 14-7. and seven, And they play again today at Four and then tomorrow at noon, and Little Rock, of course, is trying to claim its first ever OVC title, and hopefully they can pull that off. And look, if they end up as the one or even the two seed, it doesn't matter. Southeast Missouri obviously is right in the mix too. They're a half game behind Little Rock right now as it sits, and they've got a couple of games left against Eastern Illinois. If Little Rock is able to get one of those top two seeds, they're going to have a very good chance to win their tournament and make it to the NCAA, which would be phenomenal. It's been a pretty good year for Arkansas colleges in sports that involve bats and balls. Bats and balls, baby. Everybody's been pretty good. There's no question. Everybody's stepping up. That's nice. Been fun to see, for sure. We do have a starter tonight for Vanderbilt, and he will be a little better. Man, I almost felt bad for Riley. The kid was struggling. I've not seen a guy. I mean, he's throwing high. He's th- there was a pitch last night that went behind a guy. <laughs> I mean, I think that was a reliever at that point, but it was crazy. I think that's how that's how Holt scored one of the runs, the eighth run maybe. This is a wild, wild day. That's Charlie Sheen, wild thing stuff, isn't but, it? But he was up, he was down, he was bouncing balls in there. I mean, their catcher had a workout last <laughs> night. Presumably, they'll get a better performance tonight from Futrell, who is six and three of the two nine three ERA. He's a lefty tonight, so Arkansas will have a different kind of challenge going on. Hey, Kumar walk, Kumar Rocker's not walking through that door, son. No, so. sir. No, sir. Uh, let's let's check in a little more from Dave Van Hold here before we move on, and uh, we'll get back to we'll get to the NBA here in just a second. Here's Dave Van Horn on Slavens, who has absolutely been raking at the right time. It's good that man he swings at some pitches. And you're like Brady, what are you doing? But like last night, his first swing was ridiculous. Balls out of the zone, and I was like, what are you swinging at, dude? 
And then then he just tattoos one, gets his arms extended, and tattoos one over the right field uh, wall. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's what you were looking for. I feel like he's swinging the bat as well as he has all year right now. If you make a mistake, he's he's taking advantage of it, hitting the ball out of the park or hitting the ball the other way. And you know, he hit two balls on the nose today, and he just missed another one tonight when he, I think, the, the next at bat. He had a home run in the first, I guess, his next at bat. He got under one, and the wind was kind of blowing in at the time, but he just missed hitting it out of the park. Absolutely. So I was going to say this, too. I want to just say one thing here, and then we can move on. Uh, I heard somebody make a comment on the morning show towards the end of the show today about you know worrying about them playing too well right now and blah, blah, blah. Look, let's not do that. Arkansas has, to your point, Pigskin, found a way all year. They've been consistent while being inconsistent. Personnel-wise, they've been really inconsistent. They've moved guys around to different positions. They've moved their batting order around. They've been toying with the rotation most of the year. They changed it up again last night. Gage Wood did not come in as the reliever. So, look, I don't think there's any sort of staleness about what Arkansas is doing at all or going through the motions or taking it for granted or anything else. You also got Wagner back for the first time in a long time, and he's going to be fine, it looks like. I mean, he's swinging it pretty good. He uh, he got hit a couple of times last night as opposed to getting hits. But uh, I don't know, I just people who are like concerned, oh, gee, peaking too early and that kind of nonsense. I'm sure Stan will call and say it at some point. Um, he but, said it Monday when I was on with Joe. That's ridiculous. Arkansas not going to win. I'm like, he always says that. They're about to win the toughest league in America. That's something, okay? I hope so. I it hope is. they finish it off here with one of these next two games. They're going to. They'll have to sweep it, but it'd be nice to win one of the next two and win it. But it would be cool to win it outright. Florida got a win last night, too, over Kentucky, so that was pretty pretty much a cruise for them. They're playing well, though. They're going to be tough out once we get to the postseason. They are. But Arkansas, again, will be home for the regional and home for the Supers, and That'll be uh, next week is irrelevant for them, which is a nice position to be in. You know, the conference tournament is just useless. It messes up your pitching rotation. It doesn't mean anything unless you're like the last place team and you're trying to get desperately into right. the tournament. But that's not Arkansas. Well, they talked about two teams yesterday, and I can't remember who it was. Maybe Mississippi State and somebody else that were trying to, you know, going to have to put on a performance in Omaha, mm-hmm. in Omaha, in Hoover next week to try to make it to the regional. And so there are some teams that will benefit, but for, yeah, schools like Arkansas, Florida, good ones. there's mm-hmm. no reason to even be playing. Nope. I'll be curious to see. But the other thing, too, is I don't necessarily want to see, and I'm sure Coach Van Horn has thought about this, uh, you don't want to see Hagen Smith sit for two weeks. No. You don't want to see these other guys that have hit pitch well, pitch not pitch for two weeks. So That's right. I imagine he'll get them some work without trying to stress them too much. I mean, they're going to throw bullpens anyway. You might as well get them in there for a couple Ex- innings. Exactly. So Arkansas won't play till Wednesday. That's the good news. They're in good shape there. So. Uh, it is ten eighteen. Let's flip over to the NBA and talk about what happened last night. And I will tell you that I I watched until I don't know. I guess middle of fourth quarter. I was uh, I was tuckered out. And uh, what a performance in the fourth as the Nuggets salvage it. Jamal Murray did not have a particularly good night until the final quarter. He had twenty three points in the final quarter though and that was enough to help mm. the Nuggets overcome the Lakers and win the game Green fakes a three shot clock at five Murray with Davis on him, he's going to have to put it up step back, three pointer, it's good Jamal Murray from way downtown and Denver goes up four the halfway point of the fourth, Murray gets it back Murray already eight points here in the fourth quarter finds Jokic, back to Murray Bang indeed. There were a lot of plays in the game. There are always a lot of plays in a basketball game that determine the outcome. But I will tell you, there were a few things that stood out. First of all, the the officiating last night was troublesome or bothersome to me. And I think for a lot of people, there were two flagrant fouls, one that was called and one that wasn't. Um, They called one on... uh, I guess it was was it Russell maybe that hit him across the face on a on a play at the rim. And again, anytime a guy falls down hard, they make a big deal about it. And it, there was some contact to the face, but it looked to me very inadvertent. If you got to call it, that's fine. But Hachimura went baseline and got whacked across the head. Got hit a lot harder than Jamal mm-hmm. Murray did in the face, and they didn't call it. And so, if you're going to do it, then do it. He but was great last night. He was phenomenal. He really was. There were two plays by LeBron that I just shook my head about. One. He bricked a layup at, at the last couple of minutes. Wide open layup. And he misses it. 
early in the first half, he's going in for a dunk by himself. Nobody within 20 feet. He just dropped the ball, and it went out of bounds. I mean, he was trying to get cute, and well, he was going to try to do something spectacular. And it is it is entertainment at the end of the day, and I appreciate the fact that he wants to make a highlight real play because he's out in front, and he doesn't get that many. Take the two points. Okay? you got to get the bucket. It's you a can't tight afford. game. So in a tight game, he threw four points away there. That He never misses those shots. Right. Well, he was 0 for 6 from 3. He did not have a particularly good night shooting did, the ball for did. sure. So he looked kind of old last night. Yeah, but I'm sure he'll be fine. And we talked game, about game three. He'll look like Superman again. We talked about AD too, and and look for all your uh, all the faults of uh, Christian's favorite analyst on ESPN. <laughs> he did make a good point. As as AD goes, the uh, the Lakers go, and they needed him to be a little better last night. But I did like what they did defensively. It looked to me, and I didn't watch closely enough, I guess, and specifically enough throughout. But the the defense with Hachimura and they did defend uh, Jokic. I thought pretty him, well. Took him out of the game. A they little double bit. teamed him a lot and they, they made did. him pass out of it, which he's a good passer. So they're going to get some good looks. But to me, that's their best chance. Absolutely. So anyway, Christian, you want to talk on the mic over there? I can put you up. Yeah, I'm trying to figure. Or should I talk this one? Either one doesn't matter. There you yeah, go. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Um, yeah, as AD goes, the Lakers go. He's the most important player on the team, and a lot has been made of him being, you know. Day to day, one game he's great, one next game he's not. But really, he's been good every single game since game two versus the Warriors, except for last night, of course. Yeah. And he, he ended up with 18 points and 14 rebounds, but he was 4 of 15 from the floor. Yeah, that's terrible. I predict Which, they <laughs> win the next two games in Los Angeles. Next that's two, huh? two, two. Hmm. Yeah. You almost, I mean, you basically have to. Yeah, you got to, but they, they're they uh, going to. Um, Should have won last night. And I was talk, we were talking on Wednesday to Joe. And I was saying they kind of got outlier performances from Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you can look at their box scores, except for last night, of course. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are good one game. They're bad the next. And through three quarters, Jamal Murray was terrible. It was. Yeah, that's right. Michael Porter Jr. had foul trouble early, too, last yeah. night. He had a couple of big shots, too. All those shots were big. It was just back and forth, nip and tuck. He just it couldn't was... miss in the fourth. No, he, he couldn't. Looked like yeah. Jason Tatum a week ago. He had 14 points through three quarters and 23 in the fourth quarter. Mm. Yeah. He's really good, though. You, I mean, the Lakers, they should have stole that one. They should have. I think so. I, and I, they had a chance. Honestly, I know the game, the score they wasn't got as close. close. there at the end, too. But the yeah. first game was not uncompetitive. I mean, right. if they'd figured out defensively their adjustments earlier, they would have had a shot there, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's 1023. Jeff Taylor's going to join us in a bit. We're going to call him after the break, and we can take a couple of calls on the other side as well. I see some folks trying to call in, and Christian's over here trying to figure out our video situation. Jeff Taylor on the Preakness at 1030. Uh, he's the only one I know that picked Mage to win the Kentucky Derby, and so we're going to heap some praise on him. There's only seven horses left in the Preakness now, so we'll get his thoughts on Seven? Yep. Man, uh, they, had, they had a scratch this morning. Tom Murphy's going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll talk more Razorback baseball. By the way, did you notice Hagen Smith last night? And I couldn't tell what it was. I don't know if it was... Him getting calls or not getting calls or whatever it was, but getting calls or whatever it was, but he was smiling throughout. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Like, I don't know if he was just having a good time or what the situation was, but the guy was smiling kind of, uh, I don't know, like kind of the, the old uh, crap-eating grin, you know what I mean? There's no smiling in baseball. He just looked like, I couldn't tell if he was having fun or if he had sort of, uh, I don't know. It was It was almost like he was... I'll have to ask him about it when we have him on next week because I've never seen him smile like that. I don't know what the deal was. Philip Martin's going to join us. Terrible weekend for movies, but I want him to absolutely what, trash this latest offering. What do you offering. mean Fast and Furious 10 is out? That's the problem. It got a terrible rating, and I want him to kill Ugh. it, and I want him Every- to put this thing to bed. And then also, White Man Can't Jump got murdered in the in the uh, Democrat Gazette today, too. No surprise. It does look bad. He said there's a cool Yogi Berra movie coming out, though. And so we'll That's get his- a documentary I read about that. Well, his granddaughter's behind it. Got Champs and yeah. Jumps coming up, too, so we'll get to all that after the break. As we head in, I want to remind everybody as you're heading out and about this weekend, click on your ticket, folks. I don't want you to get a ticket for a seatbelt. That seems like a silly way to have to pay out some money. So let's be smart and buckle up. Arkansas, under 80% is the Arkansas seatbelt use, which is crazy to me. Over 91% nationally. So, look, we're going to maybe trail on a few things along the way, but let's not do it there. I mean, it's easily fixable, so let's get to it. Seatbelt, obviously, can help save your life, and we know that if you are, uh, you know, wanting to save yourself, and also you should encourage other people in your car, or actually demand it, that people buckle up, uh, because it will, in fact, save lives. Over 15,000 a year, actually, because of seatbelts. So it could be you, and it could be somebody you love. So make sure everybody in your car is buckled up as you head out. It's also the law. Click it or ticket every time, every trip. 
And uh, our friends at the Arkansas State Police are looking out for you. And if not, they're going to be looking out for you, if you know what I mean. Don't get the ticket. 1025. Back in a second with Jeff Taylor. Six. Take this. Hater. Anywhere in the state, dial 8-888-8888 for Rainwater Holton Sexton. They'll help you weather the storm. This is Sports Center. The Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers last night, 108 to 103. Home court hold serve for Denver once again, thanks to 37 points from guard Jamal Murray. He had 23 of his 37 in the fourth quarter to help lift the Denver Nuggets over the Los Angeles Lakers. There's also another triple double for Nikola Jokic, 23 points, 17 rebounds, and 12 assists on the evening. LeBron James had 22 points, 10 assists, and nine rebounds. Arkansas native Austin Reeves put in 22 points on eight of 16 shooting as well. Game number three of this series will be Saturday night at Crypto.com Arena in Los Angeles. Tonight, the Boston Celtics look to even their series at one game apiece with the Miami Heat at the TD Garden. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Mosquito Joe has been making outside fun again for Arkansans over 10 years now. People still ask us, do you just do mosquitoes? Why don't you do termites or other bugs? The answer's quite simple. We're not a jack-of-all-trades. We want to be the best mosquito control service, period. You want to keep bugs out of your house? Call an exterminator. You want a nice-looking lawn? Call a lawn care service. You want expert mosquito control? Call Mosquito Joe. Mention you heard us on the buzz for a special discount. Visit arkansas.mosquitojoe.com. It's May, and May means more at Saracen Casino. More winning, and of course, another great vehicle giveaway. This month, play to win the hottest SUV on the market. Ford's Big Ben Bronco 4x4 from Trotter Ford. The iconic Ford Bronco is back, better than ever with more advanced technology and creature comforts, and could be yours just for playing at Saracen. Win more in May, including a new Bronco. Saracen Casino Resort. Vegas, Arkansas style. Gambling problem? Call 800-522-4700. Brewski's boxing fans this Saturday night, the two baddest lightweights in the world, Devin the Dream Haney and Vasily Lomachenko, will fight it out. $10 cover. Get there early. Plenty of TVs and the Brewski-tron. Not a bad seat in the house. Watch at the bar with the pub grub favorites also. Burgers, wings, sandwiches, loaded fries, and a fan favorite, Chimmy Cheesesteak Wrap. Or you can head down into the basement with the Dude Called Rob open format DJ set while you watch all the action. For VIP sections and reservations, email brewskisgrub at gmail.com. It's Justin Ankery, and I'm reminding you that Certipro is the only option when it comes to interior or exterior painting as far as I'm concerned. Having used them a number of times over the years, I'm about to get them on a new project. I got a new deck installed and about to get them to stain it and seal it and protect it for the future. That's what it's about. It's an investment in your future with Pro Painters. You want to improve curb appeal, you want to improve the livability of your home, and you want to do it with people you trust who live locally right there in your community, then Pro Painters is the answer. Each Pro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at CertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. You're listening to the best midday sports talk show in all of Arkansas. You're in the zone with Justin Acre and Wes Moore, coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back. Wes Moore will be along shortly. The Pigskin Preacher is here. Justin Acre and the Wizard. Thanks for being with us today on this Friday. Uh, our question today yesterday, and it actually turned into a very interesting debate, was who would win in a fight between a grizzly and a gorilla. And we got some good feedback on it. It was a lot of fun. And then in addition to that, Wes started looking up how gorillas mate. And that turned into a whole other thing. It was quite a show we had, Pigskin. You really missed it yesterday. I'm- feel like I've uh, missed out there. Yeah, just text him, Christian, if he, he didn't answer. That's now, okay. I'm assuming the bear won the the face-off, right? Uh, the bear did win. Okay, good good call. I've seen, gorilla, I've seen gorillas in the mist, and I've seen bears eating elk. I would take the bear. Um, Christian, I just came up with a question today. today. Okay, IHOP is releasing a pancake-flavored coffee. Ugh. If you're one of those people who likes to dunk your pancakes into your coffee, 
After 65 years, IHOP has launched pancake-flavored coffee beans. Made with 100% premium Arabica beans, the Pancake House's roasts come in three flavors. Signature blend, buttery syrup, and its best-selling pancake flavor, chocolate chocolate chip. Also, it was announced yesterday that Bluebell is going to have a Dr. Pepper-flavored ice cream. And I saw our buddy Clint Sterner hawking that down in uh, Texas. So I think the question today becomes, what are you more likely to try? Coffee flavor or pancake flavored coffee or Dr. Pepper flavored ice cream? Uh, let me check on Jeff's number. I may have given you the wrong mm. number, Christian, so I apologize for that. I would suggest to IHOP that they work on making better pancakes. They're not even particularly good at that. Oh, I think IHOP kicks I, butt. And yeah, by the way, what I normally get there. Is oh you know what it's a three one eight not a three one nine that's my fault. My wife makes better pancakes than IHOP. Here's the thing. Well, everybody at home should be able to make things on a small scale better than a mass scale company I, does. I, I, I think. agree. But what I always get there, their freaking omelets are phenomenal. Yep. I always get omelets as the main course. Ah, pancakes aside, because you're going for protein. Protein. Yeah, I got you. Always though, I, ever since I was a kid, uh. the omelets there are phenomenal. Maybe I'm getting the wrong thing there. Pancakes aside, dish. Uh, well, you're at the wrong place. You should be at Waffle House anyway, but that's not the point. I go to Waffle House all the time. Okay, Waffle House rocks. Jeff Taylor coming up in a second. Tom Murphy later. Red White Report brought to you by Big O Tires. We've got some guests coming in from the Petaway neighborhood. Pigskin, I've told you about this place before. You did. On your way out today, I want you to drive south uh, south on Man and go over there and look around. It's very cool. So, uh, question today, how do we come out on Grizzlies? And did we ask the other question? About, I guess we asked yeah, about the Razorback just, series. Uh, yeah, who wins the series, which was overwhelmingly Arkansas. You don't say! I bet if we asked that in Nashville, we wouldn't have gotten the same results. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> or maybe we would have. Who knows? Um, Let me pull them up. Who wins the series between Arkansas and Vanderbilt? 87% said Arkansas. 87% Ar- of you are off to a good start. Yeah, and then our other question, who do you take in a 1v1 fight? Grizzly Bear ended up winning 56%. I think it we talked about it. for a long time. Yeah, Gorilla was rolling. <laughs> All right, let's go to Jeff Money Taylor because I'm more interested because I can make money on this in who's going to win the Preakness. And Jeff, welcome in. How are you? My friend, how are you? It's been a couple of weeks. Buddy, it has been. It's good to have you, uh, good to have you on with us. And I have been heaping praise upon you and kicking myself in the face repeatedly since Kentucky Derby Saturday because you were the only person that I know that picked Mage. And I remember turning to you in David Longinati's office and saying, Jeff, you're the only person I've heard that has picked this horse. And you just had a hunch and a feeling, and it worked out well. Unfortunately, you did play it and made a few bucks along the way. Uh, obviously, you got to like it this week with the shortened field. But what did you like so much about Mage in the Kentucky Derby? Just to me, was the one horse that, that really could take that big step forward. You know, Justin, we started this way back in December about how these two-year-olds, progressive three-year-olds, et cetera, et cetera, with only a couple of starts under his belt. I thought Mage had shown potential, and he showed it to the world on that first Saturday in May. He did take that big step forward. These other ones didn't regress as much as they kind of stayed the same, but Mage made that all-important move forward, which is what you have to do in these classic races. So, Mage, and the way that the field came up here, tell me what you think about the way uh, this sets up, and, and i got to think the way that Mage finished down the stretch, you know, moving it uh, a little bit longer races here coming up, you got to like uh, Mage's chances. Yeah, but you gotta you got to ask yourself, Justin, you know, you go to the, the wedding, as we say, at 15-1 to 1 with Mage, do you want to go to the funeral at maybe a tenth of that price? You'll right. be lucky to be even money. And, and this game is, is all about clinical betting a lot of times. Uh, we love the pageantry, we, run, we love the romance, but in the end, most of us are in this game to make a little bit of money. And just the thought process, the whole challenge of handicapping, and at even money, I just don't think Mage is, is, is worth it. I mean, he's, he's obviously the horse to beat in here. Uh, Cox's Colts, I don't know if you let the uh, listeners know, first mission was uh, scratched earlier this morning. He looked like the primary opposition to Mage, so that means his price goes even lower than that 8-5 to five that you see in the morning line. I'm going to take a shot at beating him. I certainly wouldn't be any kind of surprise in here, but value really drives my whole handicapping process. And I think uh, Suge McGahee's got a live one in here. The six-horse perform, uh, not exactly the same metric as Mage, but he was a recent maiden winner, and he looked really good, I thought, in winning the local prep for this. Patesio up there at the uh, Laurel Race Course in Maryland a couple of weeks ago, he looked impossibly beaten at the eighth-fold block behind a wall of horses. He was still about three or four lengths back in sixth. He somehow find a way to win that race. It wasn't all that impressive time-wise, but he did show a lot of tenacity. He's a developing colt. They supplemented him to this race for $150,000. And Sugar's been in this game a long, long time. For him to agree to this move, 
I think, speaks volume about performs potential. And that's, again, what it comes down to is potential in these three-year-old races. And he's going to be not 15 to 1 in the morning line, but he'll probably go north of 10 to 1, uh, 8 to 1 even, I think, is the mm-hmm. square price on him. Uh, Red Rot 1 um, was the bridesmaid, not the bride, at Oaklawn most of the year this year, or the groomsman, not the groom, I guess would be a better uh, way to say it. And a couple of nice runner-up finishes and major preps, and then obviously a little disappointing in the Arkansas Derby, but certainly not embarrassing in the performance there. What kind of shot you give him here? I give him a big shot. I think he's become more and more acclimated to the blink- blinkers that uh, trainer Steve Asmussen put on him a couple of starts ago in that Arkansas Derby performance. He then ended up splitting the field, and as you mentioned, not a disgraceful finish, but one I think that was a little disappointing to some people. Uh, he showed really a lot more handiness, if you will, in winning the bathhouse roast stakes there on uh, the third week in April while the others were getting kind of ready for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, this one uh, got the uh, all fees first paid into this race by virtue of that Oaklawn win. That's an agreement Oaklawn and Pimlico got into a couple of years ago, and I think it's fantastic. Uh, Red Route 1, I think, is going to be a little handier himself, if you will, in this small field. You'll see him a little bit closer to the early lead. Not an overwhelming amount of pace, so he's not going to get that best-case scenario but I think he's going to get involved in this. I think it's going to be extremely difficult to keep him at least out of the trifecta. Win, not out of the question, but I think maybe he's better suited for the bottom of the gimmick, second and third, and, and, and so forth. With first mission out, Jeff, you're down to seven. It's the smallest field since 1986. Is this an indictment of the sport, or is this trainers and owners being a little more careful with their horses and not wanting to run them back quickly after the derby? Because obviously we had 20 in there. Yeah, it's, it's a very complex equation here when you start talking about this. is certainly the small field is going to rekindle the argument of getting some more space between these races. And, and it's, it's not an invalid argument. I'm a traditionalist, as big a one as you'll find in this business. But perhaps two weeks between this race and the Kentucky Derby is simply too short. It wouldn't set a precedent. You know, the NBA playoffs, the baseball playoffs, they've kind of gotten extended schedules now when it gets to the postseason, a little more rest between starts. So you're not going to dishonor the game, I think, by maybe changing or tweaking these dates a little bit. Uh, I think an obvious solution, if you will, and and one that I've heard and hopefully will get some uh, traction, is go ahead and leave the Derby the first Saturday in May. Go to Memorial Day weekend, a big outdoorsy-type sports weekend anyway with the Preakness, and then move the Belmont back to the 4th of July weekend, Mm -hmm. the first uh, Saturday in, 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 in July. I mean, it's granted, it's a lot probably less difficult, if you will, from a timing sense, but you're also going to get some of these late-developing three-year-olds into the mix as well, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, this is kind of uh, not a drought during sports-wise because we've got the PGA this week, obviously, but you could catch those big weekends, and I think the sport will get a little bit more attention by, by maybe rerouting some of their, their interest in that direction, meaning more space between races. It's a very critical, hypercritical time for our sport with the fatalities at Churchill a couple of weeks ago. It, it's just we need to do something, I think, positive, and I, I really feel like, and I don't like change as much as the next person, but I think this would be deemed a positive move for the sport to get this thing rescheduled on those big, big weekends. It's just a built-in marketing uh, miracle, if you will. It falls right into your laps mm-hmm. if you're going to, because those are big weekends racing-wise anyway. So Memorial Day, 4th of July, along with the first Saturday in May, makes makes sense, and we'll just see what transcribes here. I like that. Uh, talking to Jeff Taylor on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Let me uh, ask for a little more conjecture here. And the uh, Arkansas, or Oakland, rather, was very well represented in the Kentucky Derby. You're down to Red Rot 1 with the Oakland connections here. Uh, how many of those horses do you expect to wheel back around for the Belmont? I don't think you'll see any out of here, to be honest with you. Even Mage, I think, would really have to think their chances of a race uh, three weeks later after the campaign he's been on. Uh, you know, you even hate... And some people have gone on record, meaning trainers, that, uh, you know, even if we win the Derby, maybe we skip the Preakness and go to the Belmont. That's been a much more popular route. I think Brad's going to do, Brad Cox, that is, with uh, his, what he had, four represented in the Derby. Mm-hmm. You can probably see three of those back in the Belmont, but they're not going to be in the Preakness. So it's kind of two out of three, if you will, in these yeah. triple crown races, which just strengthens the argument more. Something needs to be done to get more horses involved at the very top level, and these horses are top level, and it would be just a pity to see some of them facing some of them sometimes and not others, and just make it collectively a really solid championship series, if you will, 
earlier in the year for these three-year-olds. Yeah, I like the identifiable dates, too, to your point, Jeff. I think that's a really good idea, and it would enhance those weekends and make it sort of the uh, – it would be in people's mindsets, I guess, that that's, that's the way that they fall. So first Saturday of May has got a nice ring to it. And then if you stick it on Memorial Day and Fourth of July, it just makes a ton of sense. And now maybe they'll make an adjustment. We'll see. This is uh, certainly uh, disappointing. Yeah, and this this thing, Justin. People think, oh, it's been that way since since the dawn of time, but it hasn't. This current schedule only came into play in 1969, meaning the two week and three week break between Preakness and the Belmont and the Derby. Uh, you know, I'm ten years older than that, so I don't want to date myself. But it, it's not like this has always been etched in stone. This is the way it should be for these three year old races. Uh, that move in '69 and Eight, I think, subsequent years, we had three Triple Crown winners after a 25-year drought prior to that. So at that time, the powers to be made a decision to regroup the races, and that is eons ago, believe me, 1969, when horses <laughs> ran every two weeks. That right. doesn't happen in this day and age. So I think some some, some movement needs to be made, and, and we'll just see what happens. It's going to be up not only to the individual tracks, but the industry at large, I think, to maybe come up with a collective plan. All right, very good. Jeff, thank you for the time, my friend. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you so much, Jeff. All right, Jeff Taylor, my guy, and a very smart one at that. Luckily, Jeff did have a winning ticket on Mage. I wish I had, because it was a pretty nice payday. I had the second-place horse and the third-place horse in my trifecta. Just didn't have the first piece. If you ain't first, you're last. I wasn't. I wasn't I wasn't uh, first, and I, I didn't didn't do too hot. Well, there. you'll listen to him next time. Uh, Pigskin, we talked about John Moran a lot this week. Charles Barkley weighed in. Joe Klein weighed in. Um, Kenny Smith, Shaq. I mean, all the usual suspects. Uh, with their comments, and I'm assuming everybody had kind of the same take on it. My biggest thing is, A, I hope that the NBA doesn't overreact because I don't think there was any illegal activity, just a bad look for the NBA and a bad look for Ja, who's already agreed to not do this kind of thing anymore, playing around with guns. He agreed that the last time. He did. Okay. Uh, I expect it to be a more significant, but Joe said he thinks it should be at least a half a season. I think it's excessive, but... Um, they're they going to ha- be eight games. I mean, no, I agree. That didn't do anything. They're going to so. have to. But again, what he did then was take yeah. a take a gun on a road trip. It's a little different deal. So I'll be curious to see how they handle it. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. And I don't know that if you if you suspend him for ten or twelve games or a half a season, it's going to make that much difference on how he's going to behave going forward. Well, he's going to lose a lot of money. He is. I mean, that usually you get people's attention when you hit him in the pocketbook. So maybe well, that'll do it. I don't know. I mentioned this yesterday, and he's going to be hitting the pocketbook away from basketball, but related to basketball. And the uh, sneakers he has have been removed from the Nike app. Now, I've been told from some people, too, there are other um, sponsors that are trying to disassociate themselves with him for the time being. Hmm. Um, the, well, maybe he can get a sneaker deal with uh, Stefan Marbury's deal with for $15. The Jaw One Athletic Shoes released on April 19th, and they have been popular, but uh, they said, uh, I didn't look on the Nike side, but just according to the story, they were not available. In fact, outside of a few t-shirts, there isn't anything Morant-related. This is bad for the Jaw Morant Industries, that's better, for sure. You better believe it. Yeah. Unless that stuff becomes a collector's item, and then it fetches ten times its worth. Well, I hope... Um, I hope he gets it together because he seems like dude, a good dude. Dude, put the guns down. What do you need a gun for? My goodness. I mean, the kid's got the kid's got the world by on a string. Yep. Just go live it up. Quit acting like you know you're Tony Montana. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention too, and we're going to just do one more negative rant here, and then we're going to move on to all positives for the rest of the show. But um, <laughs> I'm positive you should put guns down. Wes, Wes is at a uh, what grade is his daughter? Is she going to be a freshman next year? I'm not even eighth sure. grade. Yeah, maybe is it a middle school? Uh, I think it's a middle school graduation. Okay. Maybe I have to ask. I should know. I'm I'm sorry that I'm not a better friend. I know I know that his, his oldest is a senior, senior, and she's graduating and going to Pepperdine. You know that? Yes, I do know that. Yeah. I, I, but anyway, so he he was at a little graduation thing for his youngest daughter today. Um, and again, it was funny. I cannot imagine. I don't remember exactly, but when uh, I was told that. My son was having a kindergarten graduation. I don't know how hard my eyes rolled around in my head, but it had to be super, super hard. And they put him in these stupid white, you know, outfits and uh, put the little the hats on the graduation outfits. And I'm like, it's well, what are we doing? Ridiculous. I mean, I, that's you guys the, didn't have kindergarten. We had kindergarten. We didn't have a kindergarten graduation. Well, that's what I meant. No, we didn't have yeah, graduation. We so in China, their little kids in kindergarten are working differential equations. And we're parading ours around, well, tell them how wonderful they are. Unfortunately, they're also making sneakers. Good point. Not Jaws anymore, not for though. John Morant, they're not. <laughs> it's. I just think uh, it's not a great achievement. I'm sorry to get out of kindergarten. No. It just isn't. Yeah, we and, had we had a kindergarten celebration. Or 
There's nothing wrong with it. It's just unnecessary. It's I, not it a graduation. You're not graduating from anything in kindergarten. And I got something from a dear sister at church this morning. My granddaughter is graduating from the fifth grade next year. You don't graduate from the fifth grade. You She's a wonderful from, kid, but you don't graduate from the fifth grade. No, you go to sixth grade. You get passed on to the sixth grade. We graduated from elementary, too. Did y'all do that? You didn't graduate from anything, y'all didn't do that either? man. Mm-mm. You no. graduate from college, from high school, and grad or professional school. That's it. I'm with him. Okay. Or like in basic training in the too. Marines, yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's There's I'll too much graduations. Yeah. yeah, I just, look, We, <laughs> I'm all for celebrating actual achievement, but I'm sorry, getting out of kindergarten or sixth grade is right. not an achievement. Ding, yeah. that's it. These are bare minimums. <laughs> we shouldn't celebrate that. <laughs> What's funny is... I make my bed every day. I don't expect to walk out of my bedroom and get a... Get, have people releasing balloons and throwing confetti you at me. You get a trophy. You made your bed. Good job. Yeah, you brushed good. your teeth. Great job. You showed up at work sober today. Way to go. <laughs> What's funny is that our sixth grade graduation, we sung I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly, which in retrospect does not look that great. That's fraught with its own jokes, isn't it? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's like the Bobby Jones line. He calls a penalty on himself when the ball moved in the grass. Nobody else saw it. He saw it. Two-stroke penalty, he loses the tournament. And afterward, they're going, oh, it was so wonderful that you called that penalty on yourself. He said, what's wrong with you? He said, you might as well congratulate me on not robbing a bank, okay? You're going to do the right thing. It's the rule. You're going to do the minimum, so let it go. In your defense, Christian, I would say that uh, if I had to go to one more kid's graduation before high school, I would be peed off, and if they want to play R. Kelly, that'd be just fine with me. It's 1046. We're back in a second. No more ranting. All positives. All happiness. Although there have been a few weird things that have been happening at the PGA Championship this week already, and we will tell you about that. By the way, Bryson DeChambeau, your first-round leader, at least for those guys who had finished. There was a player at 5-under who got darked out last night. Wouldn't you kind of like to see a live guy win this thing? No. I don't want to see live guys do anything except I for not live. I want to see him win because I think it's controversy. I don't like it. I want, I want Rory to wake up. Do you realize that Rory... I saw this this week. I did not even realize this. Rory has not won a major... Since 2014. Ten years. It is ridiculous. He's wasted more talent than almost anyone I've ever seen. This side of Fred Couples. He was on such a hot streak for five years, and now he uh, it's It's amazing to me. It's in his head, meat. He's made a lot of money in the last ten years. Yeah, but he hasn't won anything. No. Well, he hasn't won a major. He's won. He's had him won a major. Uh, 10.47, we're back in a second. You're in the zone. Hey, I'm Joseph Pena with the Arkansas basketball team. Great news. Bellin Sword and Conway has everything for dad. Belts, cufflinks, wallets, colognes, cool and colorful happy socks, U of A and UCA polos, swim trunks, sport coats, shirts, summer slacks, and shorts. Remember, Bellin Sword is the only men's store in central Arkansas with Taylor on staff. Bellin Sword, 1016 Oak Street in Conway, on Facebook and Instagram. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's turbo high-output engine, delivering impressive power with no compromise durability. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends, this is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. This ad is paid for by the settlement specialist. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is one of the most common cancers in the United States. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and were regularly exposed to Roundup weed killer, you could be entitled to cash compensation. Bayer, the owner of Roundup, will pay more than $10 billion to cancer victims of weed killer Roundup. Call our weed killer cancer hotline now to see if you're entitled to cash compensation. Roundup has been one of the most commonly used herbicides in the U.S. If you or someone you love has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and were exposed to Roundup, call now. Our team is here to fight for everyday people and to get you the compensation you may deserve. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and were regularly exposed to Roundup weed killer, even if the loved one has passed away, call 800-737-9455 now to see if you are entitled to compensation. But hurry, time is limited. Call 800-737-9455. 800-737-9455. Today is the day. After countless hours of research, cutting back expenses, and nine months of anxiously waiting for her, today is the day you finally bring home your new car. It's also the day to protect her with an auto policy from Shelter Insurance. 
Our policies are competitively priced and include new car replacement coverage if anything were to happen to your new baby. See Dan Cook in North Little Rock, Steve Fisher in Stuttgart, or Jay Vandover in Little Rock. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, you and I have been doing ads for a long time, but I didn't realize how long Southern Bank's been doing this. We're a 136-year-old bank and recognized as one of the strongest banks in the country. And Chris, with unstable times, it's always nice to know that your bank is stable. It's not only our financial strength, but it's also our employees. You'll see the same familiar faces ready to help you every day with your banking needs. If you want to see the Southern Bank difference, go to bankwithsouthern.com or call 501-424-0900. It's Southern Bank, member FDIC. For the best in midday sports talk and entertainment, look no further than The Zone with Justin Ankrey and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you and take it slowly. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find Sleepwalk away. Yeah. Those who correlate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake they break. When they meet their 400 pound mate, if I could fool the world, everyone would have a gun. And together, of course, we get the up and on their horse. Kick around, drinking moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete. Put it at least, but no, don't weep. Why Clef's in the state of sleep? Thinking about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, banker look like a dragon. Oh, I can give me have a half dozen of those Vulcan D10s and set my friend up here with the whole schmear. You know, clubs, bags, shoes, gloves, shirt, pants. Hey, orange balls, I'll have a box of those. Give me a box of those naked lady tees and give me two of those. Give me six of those. Oh, this is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Looks good on you, though. Yes, Rodney Dangerfield poking fun at a gentleman's game. But let's be honest, there were some moments yesterday, guys, that were laughable at the PGA Championship. Allen Creek is the waterway that runs through the course at Oak Hill. Mm -hmm. And it's a natural hazard that's supposed to obviously make it hard on your golf ball, but not on you personally. Tom Kim played the creek a little differently, though. He was told that his ball would cross the water and he could play the ball if he found it. He stepped in the swampy creek bed and sank like quicksand. He came out covered in mud. He says, as soon as I went in, it was kind of sketch. It's a major championship. I'm fighting for every single stroke. Then it got dark. Once my foot went in, there was no looking back. Sank further, had to crawl out of the mud in the opening round. Uh, obviously began late with a frost delay and ends up with a muddy guy. He, he says it got up to my waist. It couldn't get any worse. I was wet enough, so I thought I might as well go in the water and wash myself off. Uh, anyway, that's a pretty crazy thing to happen. We also had guys getting hit with balls by professional people. That's rough. Yeah, literally. <laughs> uh, Joel Damon is my hero this week. He's going to be my champ. Here's a preview. Uh, ahead of the first round, he was in his final practice round, and he hit a bad shot or went offline, and it hit a fan in the leg. So he goes over and he asks the guy how much beers are, and he was told seventeen dollars. Which, by the way, is its own issue. I know it's New York, that's but come ri- on, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. So Damon pulls out a hundred dollar bill and says, "I got your beers today, my hero." How about that? Awesome. That's I, what you really want. I, I don't need a signed glove. Most no. people don't even know who you are. I don't need a signed glove. I don't need a signed ball. I don't want a hat. You want to give me 100 bucks towards beers? Cool. So the PGA, $17 beer. The Masters, $5 beer. Thank you. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and then also, Bryson DeChambeau, who is your leader, at least for those who had finished yesterday, mm-hmm. also hit someone. It was a guy on a tee box. 400 yards away. Kenny Pigman is a PGA Pigman. professional. I love mm. that. It's a good name. The Square- Pigman that Kramer was looking for. Hit squarely in the back, if you saw it. Didn't look like it hurt him too much. He's a pro at Arrowhead Country Club in San Bernardino, California. It's his second PGA championship appearance. He was about to tee off on the par 4 18th when he had a duck for cover and then hit him in the back. And now, he shot like 85 or something. I don't know what DeChambeau did yeah. from that spot. He struggled. Um, it was his second shot, which is an approach from 167. He missed right of the green. So I'm assuming it all worked out okay. Anyway, DeChambeau obviously had a good round. Boy, he is, it's amazing how he ballooned, and now he has shrunk himself back down to normal human size. But he's still really ripped and physical. Yeah, he's in great yeah, shape, obviously, he but he's just not as bulky. You know what your boy Grant Boone would have said when Kim fell in the mud? There is no joy in Mudville. 
That's good. That would have been a good line. Graham Boone's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, I like he doesn't Gr- look I like, like a Boone. linebacker playing golf anymore. He looks like a, a strong, strong golfer. Ex- uh, yes, that's right. He's long and lean. All I the things like I wish I could win be. Because I, I, just, I want one of the LIV guys to win because I want chaos. I do. I don't think that changes anything. Yeah, it does because they hate those guys and everybody's mad. They're, they're trying to keep them out and they're messing up the point system, blah, blah, blah. I just like to see it happen. It doesn't, they don't matter. They're not socially relevant no. at all unless they play in the majors. That's the only time anybody. I mean, they took the live tournament off the air last week, Pigskin, and went oh. back to regular programming oh, before it was over. I'm not over. defending it. It's horrible <laughs> and unwatchable. But wouldn't. Okay, if Dustin Johnson won this week, wouldn't you be glad? I'd be shocked because he hurt his back having sex with his wife. Well, that's everybody's got to have a hobby. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. if you're going to get your back hurt, that's the way to do it. But I'm just saying, uh, it would be it'd be a story for sure. <laughs> He'd be like, "Hey, this is so good. I always wanted to win this thing." By the way, you know, I have a lot I of can't back believe problems. Beers are Seventeen dollars. Don't, don't, don't read anything into that's that. crazy. Yeah, I'm just saying. This is really cool. So yeah. Wes, how was the the grade the third grade graduation? Uh, eighth grade graduation. Heard y'all talking. Berkeley's in the eighth grade, going to <laughs> That's what I ninth grade. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was good. It's a, it's a celebration, is what it is. And I thought the principal uh, uh, just a, a great job of emphasizing. Look, what you do from now on really counts. And he rattled off a bunch of stats of the seniors and last year's class, the year before, how many scholarships, how many dollars in scholarships, how many colleges they were accepted to, and it, it really just kind of made the point. You've had your fun. You, you've grown. You're ready for high school. Now it's time to perform and now, go out and get minute, those scholarship wait a minute. dollars. Now it counts. If I'd have been one of those kids, I'd have been thinking, "You've been telling me for the last eight years this could go on your permanent record." So were you lying? Did that not yes. count? Well, I mean, where are we here? No, they knew. Now it counts. They knew at least. <laughs> yeah, I never knew. I was dumb enough to believe. Me them. too. Well, <laughs> it's good to get into good habits at that age, yeah. but it no. should be relatively uh, easy to pull off for most of the students. Hmm. And not everybody. I mean, I, I mean, I've had kids that have struggled. How so. are Berkeley's grades? Berkeley's uh, really good. Now, I, I was proud. You know, my daughters are beautiful, and obviously they get that from their mother, and everyone <laughs> knows that. She got an award for the most responsible in the eighth grade, and everyone knows that came from me. I love it. As my wife and other daughter yes. walked in at nine oh four for a ceremony that started at nine o'clock, everyone knew. That responsibility comes from what? You know, Francis Collins wrote a book called DNA, The Language of God. DNA is remarkable because your kid, you know, gets a little bit from you and a little bit from her and a little yep. bit here and a little bit there. And, and the Lord's very creative. So that's good. Best but, basketball player from Pepperdine. The best basketball player from Pepperdine Doug is... Doug Christie. That's what I was going to say. Dennis Johnson. Oh, DJ. That's a good one. Yeah, he probably was better than Christie. See, he was good. He had two careers. He was really good for the Seattle, Seattle Supersonics, yeah. and then he got selfish, uh-huh. and then he ended up with Boston. Of course, they won a bunch there. So They have a player that's going to get drafted in the first round this year. Who's I the, heard that. Who was the comedian that did the stand-up routine about the Celtics back in the day talking about DJ's freckles? <laughs> can't remember. You heard the funniest story about him. Klein told it. said he was sitting on the bench with him and said he was mocking Scott Skiles doing a Jimmy Cagney. Ma, come on, Ma. Top of the world, Ma. You know, he, I haven't he, heard that. Klein said he was just dying laughing. That was great. It's 10.58. We're going to talk some baseball with Tom Murphy. Red White reports up after the break as well. Stay tuned. Courtney Ballantyne here for The Butcher Shop. Hold up there. Everyone knows I've always been the paid spokesperson for The Butcher Shop, where you'll find me on most evenings enjoying one of their delicious charcoal grilled steaks. But Hope, I'm here to talk about their lunch specials every Tuesday through Friday from 11 to 2. Wait, what? The Butcher Shop is now open for lunch, too? Yeah, and they have a rotating meat selection every 